Welcome to Girls That Invest. You're joined today by your hosts, Sim and Sonia, two millennial investors who are here to help you learn about all things investing and personal finance. Hello, Simran. Hello, Sonia. Should we just get straight into it today? Sounds like you don't want to talk to me. I feel like I talk to you too much and I feel like we have a lot to debate today. Oh, you want to conserve your like energy, like you're talking to Simran energy there's only so much left in the bank. Is that what, what, yeah. what I'm hearing? I'm so glad that you understand. I've been good. You know, I've had a great week. How about yourself? Are you going to introduce what we're talking about today? So today we are diving into something that I love to talk about. Sonia loves to talk about. And to be honest, it's been probably one of our most popular topics on the podcast that we've done in the past and we are breaking down financial independence retire early so the fire movement but in a bear market what's going on with fire can you even still have fire can people still try to retire early now if you're unfamiliar with the movement we do have an episode where we break it all down sort of the basics um so we'll link that in the show notes and so have a listen to that first and then jump back here We're going to continue the conversation around, is FIRE even viable anymore? Can people still retire in their 30s? Can they still retire in their 40s when everything is crashing? So I'm excited to find out the answer today, Sonia. I challenge you to explain FIRE in one sentence. Go. FIRE is a movement where you're able to save up enough money in investments up to the point where then you can start pulling that money out like a unlimited pot of gold that you can live off forever. Therefore, you don't have to work anymore. And so you've achieved financial independence and you can retire early. Why do you think people want to achieve fire? I feel like more and more people in this day and age, they're just like, yeah, I don't want to work up until the age of 65. I completely reject that notion. And they're hustling quite hard or putting plans in place to retire early as like in their late 20s, early 30s as well. Why do you think there's that would you say it's a sudden push towards this movement? I would say FIRE has definitely become more well-known in the last couple of years, especially with COVID, where a lot of us have gone, oh, that's right, like work is not forever. Our jobs can be taken, you know, like pulled under us anytime. And, you know, during the COVID lockdown, we saw people that had jobs for like 10, 20 years that were let go of, you know, with companies that, kind of had to reevaluate their expenses. And so it's been around for a long time, kind of was brought out by Mr. Money Mustache, who has a whole website that is dedicated to explaining the FIRE movement. And there's so many resources around that. But I do truly think that we're now just in this age where people have realized they're more connected than ever. They can start businesses a lot easier. They can work more remotely and I think we're just in a stage where we're like, well, actually, what can a company do for me and why should I keep working for them? And if it doesn't bring me joy, can I possibly find a way to make money off investments and and not ever work again? I'm here for it. I feel like we all have our reasons to why we want to achieve financial independence, but I think more and more of us are realizing that the vision of working up until 65, if that, some people don't even have the privilege of quitting work at 65 or like stopping working at 65. So I'm here for what 
the original movement stands for. So in the last two years, everyone was like, fire movement, it was really cool, more books have come out about it. And if anything, we've just become so intrigued by this thing, right? We were also kind of lucky that in the last two years, the stock market was doing pretty well, it was going up, it wasn't really going down in many cases, in many industries. So not only were people like, hmm, I don't love my job, but also, hmm, the stock market is doing really well and it's pushed a lot of people into being a part of the FIRE movement. Now, the issue is everything is dropping, everything is terrible, the sky is falling, X, Y, Z, you know, it feels that way at least. So we want to discuss, do you need to do anything differently in a bear market and can you even still achieve FIRE? Did you want to take us through your first thoughts on that, Sonia? I think the first reason why things may change in a bear market and it's going to knock your socks off and it's groundbreaking and it's like this revolutionary thing. But generally, if people's like circumstances change during like a bear market, a recession, they probably need a little bit more disposable income for daily expenses And that is dependent on the situation. Like if you've already built up a few streams of income and you've lost like your main job, maybe you don't need to switch up your investment strategy, how much you're investing, how much you're putting into your savings because you've got other pots that you can pull out of. But if you've lost your main job and your entire strategy in terms of fire was reliant on this one source of income, you still need to live day to day before you get to that retirement point. So it might be that you put less into the stock market and you put less towards your savings just because you need to survive and also like to a certain extent enjoy life on a day-to-day basis. Honestly, when I say these things and I'm listening to it and when like I hear these episodes back, it sounds like the most obvious thing in the entire world. Like, yeah, of course you're going to need to change your expenses dependent on like how the recession changes your income, you know? I think it's such a good point though because when it comes to the fire movement, You've got to understand like you're putting in money to put into the stock market, but right now the bear market is doing two things. And one is it's possibly causing the cost of everything else in your life to go up. So inflation is being really rough right now. Your groceries are higher. Your gas bill is higher. Your, you know, even going and getting like something tailored is going to cost a little bit more. Even our phone plans are are going up in price. And so you're going to just have less disposable money. Which means, as Sonia is saying, you're just going to have less to put into investments, either by choice or you're, you're possibly just forced to. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. I think it is okay because we're not in bear markets all the time. It's not like this is going to last us the next 5, 10, 15 years. On average, bear markets are less than five years, even less than three years. Sometimes they're only 18 months. And so, Yes, it's going to be tough, but do I think it makes it impossible to reach fire? Personally, no. I think part of the fire movement or like something it's known for, it is for frugality, right? So it is how you can spend less in general. Mm. So if you are already on the path to fire and you're a part of this movement, you kind of already know how to save your money and how to find cheaper alternatives and how to sacrifice a few things that might bring you a little bit of joy, but you're more motivated by, I guess, like this idea of retiring idea, this vision of retiring early. So while you might need to switch up 
how much you put into the stock market or into your savings just so you have that disposable income. I still think it doesn't need to be as drastic, especially if you're already on the hunt for like the best deals and looking to like get more out of your money with every dollar you spend. It's tricky though with inflation, hey? Talking about inflation, that's a really good segue into the point I wanted to bring up, which is what about the 4% rule? So when it comes to the FIRE movement, there's the special number, the 4% rule. And what that tells us is how much money we can pull out of our stock market investment every single year if we have achieved FIRE. Let's say I've got $2 million in my investment account. I don't, but let's say I do. And then I can pull 4% of that every single year and live off that. And that can be my, I guess, salary. Now that works out well if the stock market rises 5%, 10%. But this year, the stock market is probably going to, you know, end on a low, maybe minus 8%. So people wonder, I've got this pot of gold My pot of gold has dropped in value by 8%. You want me to pull out 4% now that I've achieved fire? Like that's really risky. And therefore, does financial independence not work during a bear market? The answer to that is that Funnily enough, you can still pull your money out during a bear market. So yes, the market dropped and yes, you pull out that 4%. The reason why it works is because in the long term, some years your market portfolio will be up 25%. Sometimes it will be down 2%. Sometimes it will be up 8%. And so on average, you're going to average out an upwards trajectory of 7% and therefore pulling out 4% every year doesn't hinder your ability to make money in the long term. The other thing you can do if that doesn't align to your risk tolerance, if you're like, Sim, that sounds absolutely horrific. The idea of pulling more money out of my portfolio when it's already down is terrible. Some people like to lower how much they pull out in those years. So they might pull out 2% or 3% rather than 4% every year. So to answer the question of can you achieve fire during a bear market, you still can pull that money out. You just have to, I guess, manage your own emotions around it. The maths around it still makes sense, but it's how does that make you feel? Do you sleep easier at night that way or not? One of the issues that I have with the way that the movement comes across is that it kind of focuses on guaranteed time and health in the future. Like when I'm in my 30s, when I'm in my 40s, I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be happy. I can do whatever I want. I can pull 4% or whatever. And maybe that's a generalization because it probably applies to most scenarios in terms of what's a healthy like balance. Like you shouldn't fixate on a particular scenario because when you focus on this ideal life that you have in the future and you're so tied to this, I guess like image of perfection of when I'm X age, I can relax and travel and enjoy and be with my family. What if that doesn't happen? Like, do you have to do a lot of rework and recovery from your emotional breakdown? That's what they call a midlife crisis, bro. You know, I agree with you. Like, I can't think of anything worse than working so hard now in my life and like putting in all the hours, you know, not sleeping as much, not seeing my friends and family as much, and then being like, it will be fine when I'm older. And then I'm older and I have all these health issues. My friends and family hate me because I've never been around. I don't know how to relax. I get what you mean. Like, 
there is no joy in the idea of delayed gratification to the point that you can't even enjoy right now in some hopes that you will 100% have enjoyment later down the track. However, I think a little bit of delayed gratification is good for the goal that I have, which is that if something happens to me, like I love girls that invest, I could do this forever, but I might get sick as something might happen to me. Podcasts might disappear. There's so many things, so many factors that could work that I'd like some insurance and knowing that I've always got a little bit of money coming in, even if it just covers my mortgage or my rent or my living costs. I think that would make me a lot less stressed. For me, I think the fire movement and hustle culture are like, they go hand in hand. Like Again, I, this is a perception that I get from social media and maybe potentially how it's advocated. So it could totally be me in terms of how I'm taking it, not what the actual movement is about. I put my hand up and I do recognize that but do you think that's on me then like is there an idea that I have in my head that you have to work these 50 to 60 hours like per week and you're burnt out now for the delayed gratification or is that not the case at all no I think you're on the right track completely like I don't want to change your perception and I think the right thing to do is somewhere in the middle of where we both are like I'm like I need to work really hard Like I used to say to my friends, I just want to work super hard, get out of the way and then relax when I'm older. And I don't think that's the right way of doing it. And I get what you mean as well. Like you want to do things that really matter to you right now, like traveling and enjoying life. And I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing either. I think the right answer is somewhere in the middle, having a balance of both. I think you can totally do both too. Another point I wanted to raise and wanted to get your thoughts on is the idea of toxic positivity during this time and that's refusing to even look at your strategy and just like not review it at all just because you're again so tied to this image and this plan that you have without realizing that maybe somewhere on the line you do need to change and switch things up and adapt to the climate that you are in Do you think it's detrimental for people to not look at anything at all? I feel like I get what you mean. On one hand, you know, if we've learned anything from the stock market, it's that the less you do is often better. Like changing up your routine and what you invest in in your portfolio isn't always the best thing to do, even in a bear market. If you're a bear investor, you will have found studies that show that actually doing less with your stock market portfolio is better for you in the long term, you know, not touching it, not moving things around. So to some degree, I'm like, yeah, you know, just leave it. It's not the end of the world. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm leaving it. I'm not planning on moving things around. But then I also get what you mean about toxic positivity where, you know, do you just say everything's fine and it's not and you're stressed out, but you're pretending like it's not because you're scared about This timeline that you had to retire early, you're scared about, you know, you wanted to leave the workforce in the next three years and now that's going to be pushed out to the next five years. I get what you mean. I think it's also worth noting like the difference in your income and the difference in your life experiences right now is going to have such a huge impact on whether this is going to, if fire is going to be affected for you with the change in the bear market for some people, the changes in their, you know, grocery bills, that's going to be huge in terms of, okay, now my ability to save and invest is going to take so much longer. And for other people, 
they wouldn't even notice it. I was speaking to someone and they were like, I'm not even feeling inflation. Like it's not affecting my life whatsoever. And that's honest for them. That's their privilege. That's where they're at right now. And for them, you know, listening to this episode probably wouldn't even make sense because it doesn't affect them. But for most of us, I think it does. If you do have to make a change and you do recognize that, oh, maybe I'll add like two or three years to like my working life to retire a little bit later than I had originally planned. Is that a bad thing? Like, is there a cutoff age where it's not fire anymore? I don't think it is so bad that if your fire number changes and your fire number is basically the age you're going to retire. So someone might say their fire number is 35, but right now they don't have enough money to put into investments. So now their fire number might be 40. I don't think that's the end of the world because you're still retiring early. And I think it's important to remember that's still a privilege. If you are retiring before 65, if that's gone from 40 to 50 or 40 to 55, that's still five years more than the average person or 10 years more than the average person. Do you know what I mean? And so I think it's trying to frame it in a way that is more positive. There are these resources called fire calculators and we'll link one in the show notes as well. And you can put in how much you have been putting away in the stock market, let's say $100 a month or $200 a month. And then you can also put in now what you want to put in instead. So maybe it's going to be $80 a month rather than $100. It's going to tell you that now instead of retiring at 40, that might look like 47. So you've now got a number to work with. And if you know what it is, at least you can come to terms with it and accept it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And some people need that number for a little bit of peace of mind. There's nothing wrong with that. I think the last thing that I want to leave you guys with from my end is that can you achieve fire? Absolutely. Can you achieve in a bear market? Yes, you might be putting in less money, but you're still investing in those funds and those companies that you've always wanted to. You might even be buying more of those stocks and shares because their prices are lower for how many of those shares that you're buying. But I don't want it to be seen as a, okay, well, stock market's dropping. I guess I can never achieve fire or, you know, this is impossible. For some people, it might be a case of becoming a little bit more creative if they really want to retire, you know, at a very young age. If they're like, no, I want to retire at 35. I do not care what happens. I'm going to find ways to make more income. I'm going to be more creative with my expenses. For them, I think absolutely go ahead and do that. For everyone else, it might be a case of pushing out the retirement idea by a couple of years, maybe even a decade. But at the end of the day, it is not impossible to achieve with certain levels of privilege, of course. But if you're planning to have fire and now we're in a bear market, please remember that there is so much hope. We're all kind of on the same journey. We're all a little bit stressed about the bear market. It's just about planning ahead. And I think the resources that are in the show notes today are going to really help with that. Look at you just being a beacon of light in this bear market. Thanks. If you want to learn more about Girls That Invest, we have an Instagram account. We have a Facebook group that has 20,000 people, which honestly blows our mind. Please tell us where you're all coming from because we can't figure it out. Is it from the podcast? Is it from Instagram? Let us know. And we've also got a book coming out called Girls That Invest. It is already a bestseller on the pre-selling list, which blows my mind. You can check it out from any bookstore around the world that is selling nonfiction books, business books. 
girlsthatinvest.com is also where you can purchase it from. And now, the disclaimer. Disclaimer. Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Bye!